Before you listen to this episode of the Tail Lights Podcast, I want to take a moment to say how much I appreciate Coach Mills and his wife allowing me into their home to chronicle his amazing career. One thing I will say to listeners, when I go to coaches' homes, the way that we record, I don't take a sound studio with me. We record it on an iPad, and, and I think anything that these coaches are willing to offer, I try to make it as convenient for them, and uh, that's why we do it right there in their house, and, and I'm not going to take a whole sound studio over there uh, to their house. I don't have a sound studio, but if I did, I, I, you know that would still be very awkward, ushering in all that stuff to their place. I want them to be comfortable, so I don't know that I'll ever, um, for some of you that have suggested, hey, what about improving the sound quality, because I get that, and I'm still looking at different avenues, but I just want y'all to know that uh, I appreciate the feedback, and I'm looking at things, but more than anything, I'm not going to pass up the opportunity for a chance like this with someone like Coach Mills, who retired 25 years ago, and... uh, you know, has has different things. You know, two days ago he was at a doctor's appointment and he had physical therapy yesterday and stuff. And so the opportunity, the fact that he made time to sit down with me and and go over all of this stuff just was a, a tremendous sacrifice. And at, towards the end of the interview, he's thanking me like I've done something for him. But to me, he's done something by giving this interview for a lot of educators and fans and former players and so on. One thing that he mentions, he talks a lot about different players, and and when we were riding over to Nathan's Barbecue, the rib that don't fib, I can't remember what the slogan was, Coach Mills said, uh, oh, I should have mentioned a guy, Michael Ray, one of the best nose guards that ever played for me, no doubt about it. And it's tough. I hope that a lot of the folks that listen to this, players and assistant coaches and so on, that maybe they'll they'll they will consider the fact that when you just sit down for an hour and a half and you go over a 30 plus year career and things of that nature it's tough to get everybody in it is and we do have plans to sit down again in the future if you have any questions send them to me through the email and I'll be sure to work them in next time I go over there to Brenham we're supposed to go to the Bluebell factory next time and so thanks so much and uh, enjoy the podcast. Thanks for tuning in to another episode of the Tail Lights Podcast. I'm Eric Thormalen and I'm here this morning in the home of Coach Ron Mills. Uh, coach Mills um, spent many years as a head football coach at Groom, Panhandle, Canyon, Bay City, San Marcos, and Brenham. Coach, thanks so much for joining us. Oh, thank you for coming and doing this. You bet. You bet. Tell us a little bit about yourself, where you grew up and... Yeah. What your parents did? I, I grew up in Texas Panhandle, and uh, my dad was an uh, oil field and uh, Northern Natural Gas Company. Yeah. Uh, he uh, started out as just a roustabout and uh, ended up as a superintendent of all the Panhandle Northern Natural Plants. And uh, we went to school at Skelly Town, because this was the oil boom, mm-hmm. and uh, high schools at White Deer is consolidated. And uh, we, uh, we had a great group. We were undefeated and everything when I was seventh, eighth grader. But uh, time I was senior, we didn't have half those players left because they didn't, were moving out because of oil field, you know. Yes, sir. But uh, I had a wonderful, wonderful time. And then, of course, went from, uh, from White Deer 
that's played all sports, went from White Deer to West Texas State and uh, played there four years. First year I played uh, uh, football, basketball, uh, ran track and played in home baseball games. <laughs> but uh, then after that, it was a football track. They had made a choice. And uh, we had some really good years there. I, I broke a fibula bone twice in high school and twice in college. So each side had two breaks on it. And I missed uh, quite a lot of playing time. Senior year, I never got to play, I only got to play three or four games. And uh, we had a wonderful group of kids. They were, we uh, weren't real bad kids, but we were pretty active as oil field kids. And, and uh, we had a guy, Coach Ken Gibson came in. They started a program for seventh and eighth grade. And that uh, was really valuable, I think, to that town and that school. But uh, we, uh, West Texas, and I, I was a draft choice of 49ers. I was there in the middle of September, and, and uh, it, it didn't look like uh, I was going to be the only one in three. It didn't look like I was going to be, so I came on back and started coaching in Panhandle. How many rounds of the draft did they did they do back then? Uh, I don't know how how far they went. Mm -hmm. it, you know, half as many teams. Yes, yes sir. And uh, the they I know they did eight or ten. You know, from each each mm -hmm. school. But the West West Texas State, uh, we had we had a lot of quite a lot of success in football and basketball. Where basketball team uh, uh, played uh, San Francisco Dons, Bill Russell, hmm. and uh, we, we beat everyone in the Southwest Conference in this whole region, and uh, we, were, we were Division One back then, it wasn't like it is, you know, now. Right. But uh, we, uh, we, Tangerine Bowl, we played a good team, uh, it was Miss, uh, Mississippi Southern, yeah, they were they were eight and one when they when we played them, and uh, they threw me a couple of passes, so I got I got to be the MVP. Wow, nice! And, uh, it was a fun fun year. That that was my junior year. Coach Mills and and the little bit of time we discussed being drafted to the San Francisco 49ers, you know, and, and the draft was way different back then and everything. Um, can you tell us maybe a little bit about how it worked when you got drafted? Well, when I got drafted, Coach Johnson came by. And I didn't, didn't even know. He, he gave me a call, came by, and uh, I signed with the 49ers. He got $800 for signing. I was, I was needing that money back then. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, the draft then, uh, they had them in order. You know, they, they picked them. And San Francisco had won their division the year before. Mm -hmm. And uh, they uh, they had a really good team coming back, and we I stayed out there as long as we could. We they wouldn't tell us where we could make it, we're going to keep us or not. And uh, Jerry Mertens from Drake and I went to see if if we were qualified to teach in California if we didn't make it. Mm -hmm. And uh, his his uh, it, it qualified him, but it didn't me. So uh, I, I came back in the middle of September. How did you find out you'd been drafted? 
uh, he came by. And okay. Just when he came by, so so when you, when there's no deal. there's no phone call. There's <laughs> no. you're, you're definitely not sitting there in a suit waiting to put on your San Francisco no. hat and hold up the jersey and talk no. to the media. <laughs> no, they just looked at film. And yeah. As the MVP of the Tangerine Bowl, said him. But, nice. Uh, I, was, I had flu. I was down to 170-something pounds. Who did y'all play again in the Tangerine Bowl? Uh, Mississippi Southern. Okay. They tied Alabama, and they got beat by one point by uh, Florida in a controversial field goal. Mm -hmm. They'd have been undefeated. They were better than us, but we won that night. Yeah. That uh, They had uh, three drafted, two drafted in the top round. Mm. And three drafted whip whip high players. Quarterback was one of those. He was about six six, but it's real nice to me. He threw me two passes. <laughs> <laughs> How did the Tangerine Bowl rank as far as? Because everything is so different now. They have the uh, playoffs. They have. It was one of the top. Well, it's only six. I guess six bowl games back then. Now there's like six a day. Yeah. <laughs> Everybody's has yeah. bowl now. Yeah. Yeah, they, wow. there weren't very many bowl games with I guess it, it wouldn't have rated like a Rose Bowl or Cotton Bowl. The Gator Bowl back then, Sugar Bowl. Mm-hmm. Uh which is I think they still had Sun Bowl because uh mm -hmm. we could go on Sun Bowl my senior year. But still not very many bowl uh bowl very, games. It's there weren't very many. A lot of our listeners, for the younger ones, you know, they may have no idea how big of a deal it was to play in a bowl game and be the MVP of a bowl game and, yeah, and, yeah, and so on, you know. <laughs> yeah. It's a big deal. Yeah, yeah that, you had to win some bowl games. You couldn't go with five and five record like they do now. Yeah. <laughs> I came back from San Francisco uh, and started coaching. Mm -hmm. I was assistant coach. Uh, all the sports starting off and then... Mm -hmm. Um, did you start off at Groom, or did you start off in another district? Oh, no, I started off at uh, Demet, Texas. Okay. But my first head job was a head basketball and, uh, most time and, and uh, assistant football. Mm -hmm. And I got, had some good head coaches. But uh, when I was a white dearest job, I came up in a Groom. Mm -hmm. And I took about a $600 cut to go to Groom from White Deer mm -hmm. and uh, as a basketball coach to head football. And it was a wonderful, wonderful job. People at Groom are so great. I'd uh, have football practice, sometimes I'd go home and in the back of my car I'd have a bunch of you know, uh, fruit and vegetables. And, mm -hmm. and uh, they didn't have great facilities. But they really took care of facilities, and uh, it was completely open. And uh, Taft Town Groom was then. It's quite a lot bigger than it is now. But uh, with a gym door when I went there that wouldn't close. And uh, the kids would come, they'd work out, and, you know, or play basketball or whatever. And uh, they'd get in or out any time they wanted to. They didn't worry about it, you know, getting messed up. But, they always set, swept the floor, all the basketballs were put up. It's uh, just really top notch, you know, kids. When I left, that door uh, was still the same. And it did half repair. And I uh, went from Groom. We were headed undefeated. And at one time, we lost Jerry Roberts, 
was uh, all state in, played an all star game, played TCU, and uh, we, we didn't have him first game. It was, it was, uh, the kids weren't completely organized, but uh, we had a 6 6 tie, but we, after that, well, we got to rolling pretty good. Mm-hmm. I think uh, at Groom, Texas, I probably had more talent than the double A schools back then. And we could have gone a long way if in, in the double A or three A. When you're there at Groom, are there any players that you feel like you know you'd you'd like to mention that maybe uh, maybe got left out or you know when we were visiting about Groom a little earlier? You, you bet, you bet. Like, you know, uh, those those small towns, um, I know we've both been in those, and, man, the kids are just great, aren't they? Oh, man, they just, you know, almost all of them are farmers. Yes, sir. And uh, all of them, uh, you know, they work put, like a full day when they're just kids, and uh, they, uh, you know, the responsibility is just not new to them. They just all their life. Uh, Coach, any other additions you'd like to make uh, in regards to grooms? Uh, Eric, there's a few names I may have left out, and uh, I don't think I mentioned uh, Terry Carnett, our quarterback. Man, he was such a great leader. It's like having a coach on the field, and Keith Fields was one of the better linebackers I've coached. Had a little brother, Ron, that played, Ronnie, that played next to him. And uh, Larry King and uh, Steve Boyce, and they were two of our, our great linemen. But uh, I still, like I told you, I still get Christmas cards and birthday cards from some of these guys. But yeah, it was a pleasant year. Uh, we had Larry Lemerson, was one of the toughest kids I've coached. He was our, our captain, and uh, he was a great leader. He he was a DEA agent, you know, after he got out. And now he has a rancher up there in the Panhandle. And uh, uh, they were just uh, several good players that, you know, won't name so many of them. Yes, sir. But uh, I went from there to Panhandle. Uh, real quick on Groom, what you said about how you had several good players at that time that, uh, you know, would be as good as many double-A teams. It's really interesting that you say that. Like, I spent some time in Rock Springs and a little bit of time in Menard, 
as well. Um, and when a good group comes through, absolutely, you have every opportunity to be as good as a lot of those those schools that play that size. It's 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 kind of keeping eleven man football alive through those drier periods. Would would you agree with that? That's right. Because Groom doesn't have it anymore. They have so few kids in the high school. Yeah. I noticed in my research, but keeping that program alive so that you have those opportunities to have those kind of years is 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 probably the toughest part. Yeah, Groom. Uh, back then, uh, we had fifty-one or two boys, I believe, and uh, oh, but three or four were in uh, football. Mm-hmm. We had as managers or players, and. Uh, the, the Wheeler had uh, 26 or 27, 27 games in a row mm-hmm. that did one, and we knocked them off and uh, won the district and went on, and, like I said, and undefeated after that. And uh, Ken Berger, who just, I think several of the different players, and the quarterback was really good, but it was just. It's one of those years you just dream about. Yes, it makes you really a good coach. <laughs> yes, you don't sir. have talent, you're not a very good coach. <laughs> <laughs> yes, sir. About 90% of the time, uh, the coach with most talent wins. Yes, sir. So you make that jump to Panhandle after one season, right? Uh, yes, sir. And, one, and what brings that about? Uh, you know, it's a larger school. Mm-hmm. They were only about 20, uh, I guess, 20 miles apart. And uh, I spent five years there. When I went to Panhandle, we were one of the smallest uh, schools in the state. Uh, enrollment was, and uh, same thing at Bay City and and, and uh, at San Marcos. Mm-hmm. So uh, we uh, we were probably average size school. You put our division. Uh, I spent like I said. <coughs> Five years at Panhandle, mm-hmm. and one of years. I was so fortunate. Out of all the years I coached, we had great kids, mm-hmm. and I had. I was one thing I did well. I surrounded myself with good people. You know, starting with my wife. Yes, sir. But uh, at, at Panhandle, we couldn't. Phillips was in our district in Dalhart. Mm-hmm. Phillips was going to state every year and playing. You know, the, usually the semifinals, finals. And uh, Dalhart was was a big school then for us, and we couldn't ever beat Phillips and Dalhart on the same year. Mm-hmm. And back then, of course, only one school got to go to the playoffs. Those years were very. Well, I was on the board of directors, and we built a golf course. It had started before I got there, but uh, we built a very nice golf course for a small town, and but by getting memberships ahead of time. And uh, and joined my golfing group mm-hmm. along with the coaching and uh, we uh, I had lots of good coaches there very good girl sports we did great oh I remember uh, you know working out in West Texas some and seeing their girls uh, were very competitive in track they they were very competitive and then <clears throat> had one of the best best programs in the state. Uh, when I was there, they, they started they started girls basketball, competitive basketball, uh, at track. They started track while I was there, and we won first state track meet of things in Abilene, and then they built on up from there, and uh, 
we uh, boys never had a losing season, but uh, we just never we were in our own district, you know, for the size of our school. Coach Mills, any additions you'd like to make uh, in regards to Panhandle? Yeah, I'd like to recognize Wendy Williams and, and John Dyer. They were just really good linebackers. And I was lucky, I think, uh, every place I went to have good linebackers. Stan Cosby was a little quarterback that uh, he was small, but he knew every play we ran. He, he did a great job of uh, directing things on the field. And Mark McKernan uh, was a sprinter, his fastest player, player we had. Bruce Bedingfield was another good uh, back. When there I went to Canyon and mm -hmm. West Texas State is uh, located in Canyon and uh, as the head coach there. And How big was Canyon back then? Because I know now they're a two high school place I believe. I think we had 700 students mm -hmm. back then. And of course that whole area has grown and you know, what two or three high schools now. And, uh, we had a really good group of young players when I got there and uh, Dumas had dominated our district for several years and we fortunately we beat them and uh, went to playoffs. Playoffs we got beat 21-21 by Andrews. We fumbled the ball on the punt. We played at Jones Stadium and fumbled the ball on the punt on the five or six yard line. They gave mm -hmm. us one touchdown and they ran the end around pass and scored another, but we had twice so many first downs, but lost the ball game on penetration. Mm -hmm. Like six, inch, six inches getting the first down, or getting another penetration. But uh, at that time, Kenyan girls dominated the state in basketball. Yes, sir. And I, thought, I don't really remember that, but they've done really well through the years. The program's been strong. Right. Uh, we had a quarterback, and, Named Chuck Wright mm -hmm. on the first year, a senior. And we had an in named Mike Podzimny, mm -hmm. who played at West Texas State. And we had a, had a, a tight end, Fred Grona. And they were they were super athletes. Fred was a, a little old American linebacker at uh, Oklahoma State, uh, uh, Panhandle State. And we had several really good linemen. We, uh, I think, would have gone quite a ways if we had messed up that by district. That's what I was going to ask you: is when you lose a, a tough, when as a coach, when you would lose a tough game like that, a close one, would it eat at you for a while? Would how how did you decompress from that, and how did you oh. deal with that? Oh, I still think about it after all these years. <laughs> <laughs> we. Uh, during the playoffs, I didn't do a very good job taking officials. Mm -hmm. <laughs> I can say that now. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> definitely. Was, uh, this was Southwest Conference crew, and they came by and apologized to me after the ball game. There were a couple of things that happened. And, uh, but uh, we won the district twice out of four years I was there. And, mm -hmm. and uh, it was just Ed Lair played quarterback for, for uh, part of one of the teams there. And, Bill Moore, mm -hmm. who's the head of the FCA now in the part of the Houston area, uh, was my, he was a receiver and, and, and quarterback. One of the, uh, well, he was a backup quarterback, and, but he, and he played full time both ways. 
he was an outstanding athlete in that group. And uh, the, uh, the, that team was really unusual. It was, a lot of them were very successful too. And not that that's unusual, but they, they, they all did well. And you, you could tell ahead of time that you would. Mm-hmm. Ed Lair was a, a quarterback and pitcher for Oklahoma State. And he, uh, he was that he threw the ball about as well as any quarterback I coached. When when you coached him there at Canyon, would he do baseball and track at the same time? Uh, or yes, would he not? We, we did both. Okay. And, uh, oh, uh, Bill Moore was a pitcher. Mm-hmm. Fred Grona was a catcher on the baseball team, and Fred. Uh, Fred Grone and Mike Ponsignor were both all-district basketball players. Mm-hmm. So we, we had players playing both sports. Yes, sir. It wasn't unusual at all back then mm-hmm. for a good player in small school to play three sports. With 700 or so students, did they have y'all in class 4A at that time? Was that about what it was, or was it 3A? Do you remember? Uh, we, we would have been 3A. Okay. We... Uh, I think we were. I think Ori was up around thousand back then. Uh-huh. It, uh, it was. We had Amarillo schools, you know, in uh-huh. Ori there, and all our our non-conference games, except for one or two through the years, were were against Ori schools. And you don't have to name any names here, but did you ever deal with any difficult parents or, or uh, difficult staff that, that you had maybe some advice for our listeners of, of maybe some ways that you uh, pacified a situation with a parent or, or made a situation better or with a, um, with a staff member? Maybe you got the best out of someone if there wasn't much to get out of. I mean, I'll let you take it. Yeah, I had, we had uh, a few. I didn't, uh, you know, when I was in the, Canyon, we didn't lock our car doors. Uh-huh. I never really had to worry because the kids' cars were only better than mine, uh-huh. but uh, there it wasn't much, uh, much of a problem. Uh, a big problem I had was uh, I was teaching five classes and trying to coach uh-huh. at, uh, at Canyon, and that, that's pretty tough. But uh, when I moved to the next school, Lake City, well, uh, I didn't have any as an athletic director, didn't have any, any classes, but I was in charge of PE and health, uh, K through 12. Mm-hmm. And it was a much, much better coaching situation. Mm-hmm. But uh, the Canyon, we had great kids there too. It, they, uh, it's a good place to live. It was, I think probably it was a good place in the Panhandle to live. Mm-hmm. You had a lot of good assistants there. Uh, uh, I had good, very good assistants. Mm-hmm. Every place I went, I had good assistants, and uh, I didn't didn't get to bring on my own coaches there, but uh, the ones I had there were were excellent. Coach Mills, any notable players while you were there at Canyon you'd like to mention that maybe we missed out on? Yeah, uh, Bob Counselor should get a little more credit than I probably gave him. He uh, helped lead us to the playoffs, and he was about six four, about two hundred seventy pounds, and he was, uh, of course, all district now, and, and had a Chuck Ryder quarterback, uh, and uh, had two uh, Pritchard brothers. They were 
they're both really good athletes. As, as you make the move from Canyon to Bay City, uh, what brings about that move? I mean, unless you have anything else you'd like to add about the time in Canyon. Well, we lived there in, in Canyon and uh, my wife and I planned for our, you know, our boys to go to college there. Mm -hmm. And uh, one boy, one of my boys was a eighth grader, maybe a ninth grader, Ron. And I got a phone call from Dr. Briggs from Bay City, Texas. And he wanted me to meet him in Amarillo at a restaurant and talk about their, their uh, job opening down there. So I met him and met my wife and I met him and, and uh, he uh, asked me, you know, what I'll, what I'll take for me to come down there. And, and I wasn't planning to go. So I, I told him that, uh, you know, that no, being charged, let me in charge of the program hire the coaches with the principal's approval of the, the coach of the school that they're in. And uh, the salary is about a $4,000 raise, which is a, a lot of money back then. Mm -hmm. Yes, sir. And uh, he said, anything else? And I said, no. And he said, well, I'd like to set up a meeting with you, meet with the board. Mm -hmm. So I drove uh, down there and no plans at all on moving from Canyon. And, uh, met with the board and uh, told them that, uh, you know, exactly how I'd want to do it. They had, uh, basically hadn't won any games the year before and, and it didn't have a whole lot. Had a fairly good group, but uh, not, not a whole lot in, in the senior class. And uh, we were in with, uh, they were in with Braddiswood who won state. Mm -hmm. It was a pretty tough year, but uh, anyway. Uh, how they, I'm sorry, how had Dr. Briggs heard about you or found out about you? Uh, we had won our district, and I, I don't know what else, whether they just interviewed a lot of people or, or who they had contacted, but uh, mm -hmm. uh, I really don't know. Yeah. I just know I got that phone call and I met him. That's probably the best phone call anybody in Bay City ever made. <laughs> <laughs> for me, it was. For, you know? for, yeah, for both sides. I, I mean, wondered just... if my wife and kids were going to go down there with me, but. Yeah. After I met the board, I, t I told them I was going to sacrifice the, the varsity the, the seniors, mm -hmm. and uh, we were going to keep each group in our own uh, peer group all the way down. And we had a great group of uh, eighth graders that were freshmen when I got there. And uh, anyway, uh, before that, when I met the board, Mm -hmm. uh, I was trying to make up my mind. They said anything else you want. I mean, they were just great. Yeah. And it was him and me, but going all the way from Canyon, South Texas. I'd never been to South Texas that mm -hmm. far before. And uh, I was trying to make up my mind. And I got to Childress, Texas, and made a left-hand turn, and one of those uh, blizzards came in. Mm -hmm. Had dust and dirt, and I had to pull over the side, you know, wait for before I could go on. And I said, "No, that's it." So I, I made up my mind right there that I'd go. And uh, took a while for me to convince my wife that that's the best thing to do. Was and but, she was from the Panhandle as well, right? Yeah, yes, she's uh -huh. from uh, Paducah near Childress, mm -hmm. and. Uh, but anyway, uh, 
it was my coaching career. My coaching career was the best thing that ever happened. Mm -hmm. And uh, the first year, uh, we uh, won three ball games, and I thought that we did an awfully good coaching job. And the kids played really hard. And of course, they were all new to me then. And uh, we got well, now, uh, we had thirty-four kids in off season the spring when I got there. And uh, I had just a oh, great young group of young coaches, and they're, they're responsible for that Bay City program all the way through. And I told them, young men, I told them, we, um, we got to get some people out here. I said, if someone hadn't you know, committed a felony, mm -hmm. <laughs> they can come out. We'll give them another try. And uh, so they kept, we kept recruiting them, and we ended up with 187 football players in high school and uh, had to get helmets and shoulder pads and the board went along with that you know we a lot more equipment and uh, so we had the uh, first year I was there we had two freshman teams and divided and uh, they were both undefeated and then we had the, had the sophomore team and the, the junior varsity and then our varsity team. So we kept them all in the peer groups as it came on up. And uh, I think we probably had the best program of anyone around. In this situation, we had two quarterbacks in each seventh grade, four quarterbacks, and two quarterbacks each eighth grade. And uh, it made a big difference when you get up there. You have a choice of six or seven different quarterbacks. And the junior high programs were, were good. I had good coaches underneath. And that's the only way you're going to win mm -hmm. consistently is have a good program underneath. Right. And uh, we... Uh, you're the third coach I've interviewed that has said that. And, yeah. and all three of you have had a, an amazing amount of success. Yeah. And so uh, for anyone that listens to our show regularly, hopefully this, that theme right there will stick with some of these coaches that are, you know, out there in the, the industry today that, you know, it starts down there. So, yeah, that, it's amazing how many times you don't have a player that uh, you don't think will ever help you, but mm -hmm. you know, that you could keep them in a program and all that. And then junior, senior year, they come along and, and make a starter and play a good player. Mm -hmm. And that type of kid that stayed in the program and worked hard usually ends up doing really well, like in college or, or in life, wherever, wherever he goes, mm -hmm. because he is so dependable and consistent. And we've had every year, we'd have a surprise, you know. You know, as we were talking about with the junior high coaches and everything, you know, we were talking about the difference between coming in and building a program right. uh, versus coming in and just someone that, that has a short-term plan that wins at that varsity level and then heads on to a, a better job. Mm -hmm. You know, the importance of building that junior high and for people within the community and within, you know, a search committee or a board or whatever to be uh, very careful in making sure they can choose someone that develops a program from that level. I mean, would you think that's important? That's, uh, I, I grade myself pretty high on that. Yes, sir. Because uh, I coached, you know, in uh, programs underneath and uh, sort of got the feel of uh, what I needed to do all the way through. And uh, we, uh, I told my 
coaches, seventy-three coaches, that uh, I would judge them more on how many kids they kept in the program than on ha how many games they won. And of course, they uh, only would use the same terminology so that they they came in high school, you know, the same way. Mm -hmm. uh, did I answer your question? I, uh, yes, sir. I think that's a pretty good answer. The, uh, no, we kept every every kid we could in, in the program, mm -hmm. and uh, you were uh, it brings me back to bring these kids in and all talking about parents. Mm -hmm. The uh, first thing I did when I got to Bay City was get the mothers in mm -hmm. and uh, talk to them about how we could help their child. And uh, I think that really makes a difference when they, when you have one-on-one -on -one contact with them. If uh, Charlie's slipping in his grades or if right. he's doing one, something wrong, you can talk, you know, you, you, uh, you can talk to them. Um, it, it's amazing when you build that trust with parents, how they, you can almost just do, about do anything to their kids and they'll support it. Uh, as principal out in Menard, as I got to know parents and they knew that I cared about their kid and loved their kid and wanted yeah. what was best for their kid, yeah. when I called and said, you won't believe what so-and-so did, they'd say, well, did you did you paddle him? <laughs> and this is, this is 2018, 2017 when that's happening, which is unreal to a lot of people, but in a small town, which, you know, Bay City back then and, and still is uh, small in most people's minds, even though it's bigger than the places that you had been to that point, uh, it, it's you know small towns. That's that's how people are. Yeah. You know. Yeah, yeah Bay City was uh, the smallest school in 4A back then uh, when I went to Bay City, mm. and uh, the very last. And when it came to reclassification, uh, I got calls from Odessa, Permian, mm -hmm. and uh, Brownwood going to the football games. You know, because they counted us as a win. Mm -hmm. yeah. <laughs> and uh, when we got these, uh, these kids up, got these sophomores, and we started competing with everybody. And then three years later, when they were juniors and seniors, we couldn't get ball games. <laughs> so they went to the big, big school, so we were too small school to play. And Braswood yeah. uh, dropped us, and Victoria Schools dropped us. So I had to go lay into Houston and Bryan to get ball games. Was the board and community, were they real patient with y'all leading up to? Because it takes a few years there for y'all to yeah. start just kicking it into high gear and being very close to winning state, probably over we, five to six years. We had a wonderful, wonderful board. We won the three ball games that first year, and uh, I got a... a Good boost in my salary, mm -hmm. and they were completely happy because they could see that what was coming underneath. And uh, we had good, I think we had a good program all the way through. I visited every school, and uh, I had the time to do that. All the coaches, all, all PE, all that. And uh, we had like kids like Joe Loach, uh, when he was a uh, fourth or fifth grader. We always had a play day where we have all the races and he just left everybody back then when I ran. And <laughs> so I knew then he was going to be a great player and partly back same way. Right. 
love those players. And, uh, Very quickly for our listeners that may not know who Joe DeLoach or Hartley Dykes are, Joe DeLoach is uh, the only person to give Carl Lewis a silver medal at the Olympics, right? When he got the gold in the 288. Yeah, yeah Joe tied the Olympic record to beat mm-hmm. Carl Lewis. Right. And Carl Lewis was his teammate at Houston. Right. And Carl worked with her good friends. Mm-hmm. And Joe, uh, of course, won the 100 in the uh, even in the 200 and I believe it's 197. Mm-hmm. And uh, he, when he was running, we had some, some guys that ran 4-4, 4-5. And when they were running against each other, it looked like Joe wasn't straining at all. He just pulled out <laughs> head on me. Somehow Joe, his senior year, he came in my office, said, Coach, I don't know whether I want to play or not. Said, he said, well, I want to play football, but said, I have a scholarship in track, you know, I said, I don't get hurt. And then I told him, Joe, it's, it's up to you mm-hmm. whether you play or not, but we'd love to have you. And if you want to play, we'll put you there to the split in. And each play, you run 30 or 40 yards down the field as hard as you go. We were in the deer offense. Mm-hmm. And I said, if they don't cover you, then we'll throw. And uh, so he came, that's what we did. And, we ran the, uh, like the bear, and when we got ready to pitch the ball, they wouldn't be anybody there. Mm-hmm. And uh, they, people, they'd back off of him 12, 15 yards to try to cover. I never threw him across, to, across the middle, mm-hmm. and uh, I'd throw him deep middle, there mm-hmm. straight. And uh, he was very valuable, just, just that, that, uh, doing that just because he had speed. And uh, Hart Lee, of course, when he was young, he won the, uh, the pass, what was it, pass kick and punt contest mm-hmm. nationally, and then they won the same thing baseball the next year. So everyone knew that he was going to be a great player. And uh, we had Ricky Davidson, a bunch of really good players, had the best, uh, some really good linemen too out of that group. I read an article uh, from Sports Illustrated in 1984, which was the the year I was born, and um, the quote from you was something along the lines of, I've never been able to say that I have the fastest kids in the world, or I've always been able to say that, I, that I've never had the fastest kids in the world when it comes to football, but I can't say that anymore. <laughs> and, I, and I got such a laugh out of that because, you know, there you are with Hartley Dykes and Joe Deloach, and it's like, <laughs> how do they guard you? <laughs> That Ricky Davidson was was really a good running back too. Mm-hmm. And he was he kept everybody honest inside, mm-hmm. and we had uh, probably the best defense ever had. Is uh, unusual. We were really worried about our defense. We didn't have much size, but uh, I had a had a little deal on the on the blackboard. The kid had the player had to break five. Uh, seconds on 40 before you start on defense. Hmm. And uh, that de- our defense averaged about 4-7 four, four as a team. But we used to have a bunch of uh, uh, in tight ends and uh, running backs and all in there on the, uh, on the defensive line. And it turned out to have the best defense we ever had. And had some great defense players that played in college, see how they grew. The one player I didn't that I didn't mention a while ago, I need to back up. This was uh, Simon Fletcher. Mm-hmm. Uh, he uh, 
Kenny Man program as a sophomore, and uh, is is one of the hardest workers I've ever been around. And he played defensive end. He ran on a sprint relay. He ran nine nine hundred back then. Was, mm-hmm. He was about six five, probably two hundred when he played for me. And he went on to uh, to the pros. He played at the University of Houston and to the pros, Denver Broncos. And I don't know, I guess it still holds a sack record. And uh, he went into their Hall of Fame last year. Wow. And he was a tremendous kid. I, I could talk all day about this kid. They were so many good players in that group and, and good people. Mm-hmm. Uh, we... Uh, did you did you have any kids um, that were real maybe difficult to deal with as a freshman sophomore, but you you uh, maybe bent a little bit to try to keep them in the program and they ended up turning out really well. Yeah, we uh, had a rule set up ahead of time, mm-hmm. and they knew the consequences of whatever happened. Uh, like I didn't allow my coaches to to uh, smoke or chew. Mm-hmm. or curse on the football field around kids mm-hmm. that if one of those players used curse word then they had had uh, run a gasser for each later in it you know and, and then uh, if they uh, in their practice we're going to do everything right or redo it like in off season and uh, if if uh, they, they didn't want to take a punishment then they were out so they ran five miles. Then the second day, it was, uh, it was 10 miles. They missed the third day, so they had to come back. And, and then right as, uh, you know, we went up to uh, 20, 20 miles. And I had a kid uh, the next to last uh, workout who uh, we ran through ropes and he missed some and wouldn't redo them. Had a problem with the coach, wouldn't redo them. So we went through the summer. He hadn't run his 20 miles, and he was our best running back. We didn't, we weren't, the rules were the same for everybody. Mm-hmm. And uh, he came back and started running. He ran them the time to get started for football. But uh, I think that a problem like you're talking about, if they knew ahead of time what was happening, you didn't have as many problems. And I had, uh, I've had some that, that uh, we had, we gave extra chances mm-hmm. that, that, for different reasons. Mm-hmm. They, I've had so many that uh, didn't look like they were going to be anything, and they turned out to be really good football players. Yeah. At later on, junior senior year. Yeah. Yeah, it's amazing how when you're straightforward with what the rules are, what the consequences are, and yeah. and kids will usually most of the time they'll come around to it because so much of their identity and, and what they love to do is tied into that. Yeah. And as, as a head football coach uh, or a head coach of any sport, really in like a, in a bigger school, you have a lot yeah. of ability to help the whole school do really well and, yeah. and, and run well by having that discipline in place. Yes. Mm-hmm. I think, this one, I think evaluation and motivation are two of the most important things in, in kids doing well. I think we had a great off-season program. 
I'm out in Kenyon, Texas. I had my coaches go out uh, to the 4 schools and check and see what they did for all season. And uh, from that, we created a discipline is a scoring system. And uh, it's speed, you know, 40 and uh, 440 endurance and beach press and a number of, uh, number of things. Got, got, it covered everything, quickness, you know, and uh, leg strength. And, and uh, I had a chart each six weeks and have a test, would test them out on this chart. And we would put their scores on board so they could all see them. You know, it wasn't like giving each one of them a trophy. Mm-hmm. And we thought right. the most important thing was the most improved of those scores. And I could look at that chart and I'd see where the kid needed, had weak legs or, you know, or, or uh, arms, whatever. I knew exactly what a player was physically able to do. And uh, it made so much difference for me to look at the chart rather than go and ask it. How fast he had, you know, how fast he run forty, what, how much he beach press, all that type of thing, had it right there in front of me, and uh, it gave him, like I said, his motivation to move up, and right, and like for me, it was a great evaluation to see where they were, and uh, but you have so many kids that are visual learners, you know, in your athletic program, because it's part of learning. You want them to learn the game. You want them to learn the sport, learn improvement, learn goals. You know, you got to make those things visual. Yes, that's right. We, I think uh, players learn more by watching their film mm-hmm. than they do by drawing X's and O's mm-hmm. up on the board. And uh, they learn a lot by seeing somebody else do it right. I don't want to skip too far ahead, but for our listeners, um, you retired after the 1993 season, correct? Uh, 94. Uh, okay, 94. And and so um, have you, since you've been out of the game for 25 years or so, yeah. have you had a chance to see all this stuff they can do now with Huddle and, and the film and everything, how easy it is to, to move all that film around? You're not driving yeah. town to town to get the... The tapes and have you have you been able to see that? Yeah, the biggest change has been seven on seven mm-hmm. in the summer. That's all your skilled people, because mm-hmm. uh, back in the old ages, you know, we had two hours to work out, and uh, because of the state rule, mm-hmm. and it uh, didn't give you enough time to work on your passing game. It's mostly running and play action, which I do right now. If I still coach, it'd be play action. Passes because you know, don't get your quarterback sacked, mm-hmm. and, you, and uh, you know where the defense is going to be. Right. But uh, there's tremendous changes. That, that was a big change, and now they got to they're calling in players, uh, plays from the side, by you know the signals and all. That, that's a big change. We used to run players in and out, mm-hmm. and uh, it's gone a long ways back when I was playing. Uh, we had played offense and defense both, and if we came out of the out of the game, we had to wait till the next quarter to get back in, in the game. And uh, it's gone from there to now, getting different players all the time coming in and out. But uh, that the game's really changed to a passing game rather than running. But 
Gene Stallings was one of the last coaches I heard speak. He was just just won the national championship at Alabama, and uh, in his lecture, things I remember, he said, "If you're going to win a national championship, you got to be able to run the ball." He said, "If you're going to win the national championship, you got to be able to stop the run." You know, and that's and that's still sort of true. It's, it's changed a lot where people throw and then then run. You know, mm-hmm. the, to, to throw the ball and establish a run. But uh, it, it's changed so much. It doesn't even seem like the same thing. It's more exciting now. Mm-hmm. Of course, the other thing that's changed uh, in high school is having all these different teams go, you know, to the playoffs, and uh, that changed. How, how do you feel about that change? Because you had mentioned earlier that you guys, like, you were second in district, but you missed yeah. the playoffs. How do you feel about two teams, three teams, four teams? How do you feel about all that? Yeah, at first, I didn't like that at all. Mm-hmm. You know, I thought it took away from state championship, uh, uh, more more state championship. But uh, uh, I got get to think about it. Used to in the old days, if we got to around the sixth ball game or seventh ball game, and uh, we weren't getting in the play in the playoffs, then we would uh, start playing the younger guys more, but, but the, and the older boys were neglected a little bit. Mm-hmm. And uh, now that they play qualifying playoffs all the way up to the last ball game, usually it keeps the, the school, the players, and parents all more excited. And uh, then more players are recognized, you know. Mm-hmm. So uh, I think overall it's a good thing. It did weaken the, you know, the, the championship. Right, and the meaning the meaning of those district games too. You know, when yeah. you know you just got to win two to get in or one to get yeah, in. Yeah, that is, there's teams that won three ball games and going to mm-hmm. state, you know, playoffs. Which I don't know what you do about that. It's part of it, but anyway, overall, there's there's more kids participating until the end of the season right. than we had before. Mm-hmm. As before, they were, you know, they were through whenever the championship was impossible to win. Well, go, going back to uh, the Bay City discussion, I I want to uh, share this with you that my my cousin who played uh, in the early '80s, not on the state championship team, but this is uh, when I was texting back and forth with him, and I was trying to find you and locate mm-hmm. you and everything. This is. Uh, a response he sent me he said, Coach Mills is a good man. I appreciate him being in my life. He was a positive coach and had a good game plan. Treated players with respect. He had some really good athletes and teams. Wish we all could have won more uh, titles for him. Uh, he was a good AD. He would come and make an appearance at all events and always had an open door policy. He valued family on a high scale. Uh, he handled most kids very well. I wish I had been a, a better team player for him during my time. And I think, you know, regardless of what kind of team player, you know, a kid is back then, when they can look back and see that, yeah. you've helped make a man, you know, in many ways. Yeah. That's more important than winning. Right. Ricky Elliott, is, I believe, was your cousin. Yes, sir. He was, a, you know, that's why coaches, that's why I did well. Mm-hmm. Had players like him. Mm-hmm. They uh, show up every day, ready to play, and good attitude, and, and uh, 
Sis Fletcher's coach those guys. Mm -hmm. I, I had uh, led Ricky Ellis on that field, I'd be really happy. <laughs> Looking back on some of those big playoff runs, what were some of the neater stadiums that y'all got to play in in the big games? Yeah, I, I got to coach in uh, the Dome, mm -hmm. which is a, a big deal mm -hmm. back then in, in the Fort Emory games. And uh, when I was the All-Star game, Texas High School All-Star game, and uh, another one uh, uh, was for the state championship in 79. And uh, we here at Bay City, we played uh, quarter regional and got beat. And uh, let's see, there's another time here. Oh, we played uh, Willow Ridge. Mm -hmm. And uh, we won a big game there. When they were no, went number one in the nation, we knocked them off. That's a big, a good memory. Yeah. But, uh, and that, that was at the Astrodome as well? That was the Astrodome. Mm -hmm. We played at A&M two or three times. And uh, Kyle Phil, we played uh, two or three times at the uh, University of Texas. We won state there. Do you think do you think playing in places like that, you know, in those big games, do you think that that helps make your kids think towards I want to go to school here, which the key to that is I want to go to school, you know, yeah. but makes them kind of think more like obviously the Astrodome wouldn't be a university, but like playing at Kyle Field or, or uh, you know, at UT, I mean, do you yeah. think it puts that thought of college more in their mind because they're playing in those places? Uh, I think it does. Mm -hmm. I think it's really important where you play. I think if you play a playoff game in a stadium like we're like Cal Pasture, well, mm -hmm. you know, that's not very exciting. Yeah. Doesn't, time, make, doesn't make a kid want to be a rancher, huh? <laughs> <laughs> no. We, we had a lot of different things that happened and for playoffs, it's, it'll take a second, but uh, we had a new superintendent named Ron McMichael, mm -hmm. and uh, he uh, was a young guy. He just came in, and uh, we were dealing with Fredericksburg and Kerrville to see who we played in playoffs. They they played each other that Friday, and we played the winner. And uh, superintendents go along to eat. Usually they tell you where you don't want to play and then leave the rest at the coach. Mm -hmm. But... Uh, he, uh, anyway, we got a deal. They, we played at Victoria the year before, and, and they uh, they made it. Uh, they uh, they they said that was our our home field, and we didn't think it was because it wasn't it's was eighty miles from us. Mm -hmm. But anyway, they got an argument, and the, the superintendent called uh, the state guy home. We lost. So they had to play at their place. So. We were playing at Seguin, and I was on is uh, the end of the third quarter. It was in the fourth quarter, and I was sitting there, and this kid came running up with a note from Doctor McMichael. Oh, what in the world! So he said, "If you pull off, you're fired." <laughs> <laughs> he had gone back to press box and got into it again. Mm -hmm. <laughs> <laughs> almost got fired when we were winning big ball game. We were about 37 points ahead. Yeah. Wow. <laughs> That's too funny. Uh, hmm. Nice. Uh, with, with regard to, uh, obviously, 
you know, like Joe Deloach went to college to run track. I'm sure, though, there were people that were wanting him to play football as well. And you mentioned Simon Fletcher and you mentioned uh, Hartley Dykes and stuff. How much um, how much were you expected to be involved in the recruiting process back at that time? Yeah. I insisted that that we didn't favor one college or another. Mm-hmm. I never pushed kids to go to one certain college. Mm-hmm. And I've... Uh, Worked on trying to get coach in college to take kid lunch times. Right. You know that's sort of a normal situation. That uh, my involvement with checking grades first thing a recruiter does is check the grades, to make sure he's qualified uh, to play, and then the next thing you want to know, or one way or the other, is conduct. You know, his mm-hmm. attitude, working habits, and uh, I would uh, really just. Uh, Describe the kid to them, uh-huh. and I didn't go any further than that. You know, they they could have the kid come and and uh, visit the college and, and things that they did after that. But I never, I never really uh, favored another school one or the other. Did you did you spend a lot of that time uh, as compared with like maybe Canyon or Panhandle, where you probably didn't get a whole lot of uh, of visitors or whatever you know from colleges and stuff particularly like like you know panhandler groom where you're real small but like a place like bay city you've got so many guys that people are looking at i mean did you spend a lot more time would you say dealing with you know the college recruitment process uh yes it was some years it was a almost all day long thing you know which was good yeah you meant you're doing a great job (laughs) and they go all the way from junior college you know Mm -hmm. to the top colleges but uh, it was exciting. I know all those young coaches that later on some of them become head coaches and and uh, watch them on TV. You know, it's exciting. And uh, I sort of favored no one knew it, but I it for myself. I favored the colleges that didn't cheat mm-hmm. and uh, the ones that follow the rules. You know, a lot of them didn't. Yeah, uh, we had Hartley Dax and uh, a bunch of those players. They they come in and uh, supposed to have one or two visits or three visits, and they'd they'd uh, have a room at motel and stay there for a week or so. And they had one one coach assigned to that one player or two players, mm-hmm. and uh, they had the Oklahoma coach come in. I won't say his name. But he wrapped his ring there on the on the desk there and says, "Ask uh, what's it going to take to get this player." And, and it was at Oklahoma or o- OSU. That's o- Oklahoma. Okay, University wow. Of Oklahoma. Yeah. And uh, I, you know, I told him, "Good education, good <laughs> like school." Right. But uh, he was he was talking. He was saving money. Yeah. Or, you know something. But. Uh, Oklahoma State, uh, you know, got in trouble for recruiting Hartley Dax. Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't know uh, what all it is, but he came back driving a, a BMW, which I know his his parents didn't get. Yeah, right, right. <laughs> and he they, they went on tro- probation, I think, uh, either from recruiting or sometimes. Yes, sir. That same coach. Uh, that was recruiting him. He had been a coach in uh, 
ACC kind of came in with the school and mm-hmm. got them on probation too. So, yeah. You know, it's it's one of those things though. When I I was reading some stuff on 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 Hartley Dykes and and when you grow up and you don't have a whole lot and somebody comes throwing stuff at you, you're you're a kid, you know, oh, that's never yeah. had anything. I mean, yeah. you, how do you not? And then mm. when you see, you know, as, as you're coming out of college or whatever, and, and there's the potential for you to be wrapped up if you don't talk, yeah. I'm, I'm sorry, but to me, the university is ultimately the guilty one in, in the first place, going all the way back to what they did. You know, the, oh. the, the player's got to take care of himself and – and uh, and and his future, and you you do that kind of stuff with kids, and when it comes out, you know, just really yeah. look in the mirror. <laughs> yeah. You, yeah, know? you got a, you got a choice. You can come to my school, and you can drive a nice car, mm-hmm. and we'll give you some money here now and then, or you can go to this college that follows rules, and uh, you don't get anything except what normal players get. Right. Which one are you gonna take? You can take the car. <laughs> yeah. Well, and and I, you know, I read a deal kind of on that, and uh, you know, Hartley Dykes had said that he was he's at peace with it. You know, whether OSU ever forgives him for that coming out, you know, or him cooperating with you know the investigation or whatever or not, you know that that he's let it go. And and uh, you know, in reading that, I learned too that his mother had passed away, and she worked at one of the elementary schools where I went to school growing up and was yeah. such a nice lady, you know, and, and so she would talk about him sometimes. He was on the video games we'd play as kids, you know, yeah. which was so cool to have a guy from Bay City on a video game, yeah, you yeah. know, and, and uh, you, you know, just, just knowing that the kind of toll that that could maybe take on a person over many, many years with the you know, it looks like a person's got it so good going through high school. He's the, he's the stud into college. He's the stud. And then, you know, that kind of stuff hits the waves. And, you know, he's really still a kid. Yeah. Oh, yes. Yeah. And you mentioned Hart Lee had a great family. Mm-hmm. And uh, had cousins and relatives that are all great athletes. Uh, he Sometimes it'd be five. All Americans, future All Americans, playing basketball in Hartley's driveway, uh, and Aunt Smith, and you know her, her sister, and then uh, the uh, Le Bradford, Joe Loach. Mm-hmm. They just, you know, it's one really good family, and all of them uh, had a really good home life. Yeah. Uh, We had we had some really good kids in Bay City. Every school I went to, I never had any bad kids. We just uh, some were a little little harder to uh, inform than others, but overall it was pretty good. Yeah. I'm trying to remember. Let's see here. The uh, the year that you guys um, win the state championship, y'all beat. Uh, Lubbock Estacado, right? Yes. And I mean, in all those games, they're pretty big wins. Uh, the Georgetown one being maybe the exception. It's a, a, a uh, two two score game. Yeah, we played uh, Georgetown in Blizzard. Mm-hmm. We couldn't throw the ball with both hands. We tried to throw the dunk pass with just both yeah. hands. It was 
Yeah, because in, in Bay City, if you get a blizzard, the only place that's going to have is the Dairy Queen, right? <laughs> yeah. Well, this came in right at the kickoff. Yeah. And uh, we kicked off against the wind, and it was a, it was a bad start. And, and to win that ball game, we just lined up butted heads. Yeah. Because uh, we couldn't throw the ball and run the option with all slick. And, mm -hmm. and uh, the water was all the way up on the sidelines there at Kyle Stadium. That uh, it had been dry field, <laughs> mm -hmm. <laughs> hardly, you know, we couldn't throw to him. Right. And uh, we couldn't throw to anybody, even yeah. his little brother, Billy. You know, Billy was a all comfort player, was a or starter at Oklahoma. Was he a tight end? Tight end. Right. Big, mm -hmm. Good kid. Yeah. And uh, he made some of the most unusual catches. Let's see here, looking uh, looking at um, you guys win it in '83, and so in '84, is do you have uh, Hartley Dykes and Joe Deloach back? We we had all the players back almost, and uh, we lost the game up in Houston, and they just made a rule that you couldn't leave school until the last kid was out class mm -hmm. and we had some that were in class till almost four o'clock and uh, we everybody else ate, ate a little pre-meal like you always said and we took two buses we went, went to regular school buses we didn't mm -hmm. go in charters and uh, we got in the traffic uh, and one bus got lost so one group got on the field just a few minutes Four time play. Yeah. Another one got just barely made it. Oh, you guys win in '83, and and that's coming off of a uh, uh, '80 um, '82 season where you are building up, and you do lose a close game there to the eventual state champion in in uh, in '82, Fort Bend, uh, Willow Ridge. I, I believe won it all that year, and yeah, we uh, in '83 after y'all win it, going into '84, is there so much more like? hype and media around you that in some ways too did it ever make the players like difficult to maybe focus at the level they did in 83 with that hunger and intensity i i don't believe that bothered us much. okay i think we had that one bad night and uh yeah but i don't think anything else hurt us more than getting prepared mentally for a ball game that hurt us uh must be not having time to even think right. about it yeah it's when we played brownwood in semifinals Mm -hmm. I think it's 78, uh, but we we found out that uh, zebras were much more dangerous than the lions. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I think, uh, I won't say that Brownwood won a lot of games that way, but I know they won one. So, uh, do you have anything else you'd like to add about Bay City? I mean, what what was it like? Uh, let me ask you this: What was it like when y'all won the state championship? When you come uh, back to town, was there a big parade at the courthouse? Was it? Uh... Oh yeah, so we went through all of that, you know, that thing, yeah. thing is, But uh, those that group of players, we had gotten off the bus and played on the side of the road. They still play. <laughs> they love football. They love the city. Yeah. They hit uh, harder than any team I've been around. Mm. Like I said, on defense, we average four seven and more than most other teams' uh, backs, mm -hmm. you know. But uh, 
that, that was exciting. In 79, I believe it was, we played a, a team from a, from Dallas area. And uh, we met coaches uh, that were trying to decide where we played. And uh, we tossed coin between the dome mm-hmm. and this other school. I can't, other, well, Texas Stadium. McKinney? And McKinney. Oh, mm-hmm. Yeah, McKinney. Yes, sir. And Ron Poe was there then. Mm-hmm. And flipped the coin, you know, hit the ceiling. So they, before it ever came down, they said, Y'all win. Place a dome. So what he said, he says, uh, Well, we wanted all wanted to place a dome, but we couldn't let our fans know that we uh, optioned to the dome rather than Texas Stadium. Right. And uh, mm. had a few things, unusual things happen like that. And I don't know how fondly you remember that game. Uh, was it one that you ever felt like was within y'all's grasp to win in the second half or anything? And you know, uh, it was fairly close game. Uh, probably had we had seven players on the sideline. Mm. Greg Williams, our quarterback, didn't get played. He's one of the linebackers, and they split in. We, but, uh, we were really hurting. Yeah, we were playing our third playing uh, third team quarterback. And we threw a couple of interceptions, mm-hmm. and uh, that uh, they had two backs that, that played in the National Football League, really good athletes, small guys, but they could they could run. Mm-hmm. So, uh, for a lot of coaches these days, you know, they have they have their smartphones and they're fully connected to the world. You know, it's not uh, an issue at all to be able to stay in touch with former athletes with uh, all of these tremendous athletes you have there at Bay city at the time and landlines, you know, calling long distance, you know, we were talking about this in the coach's office yesterday, how expensive that was, how, uh, how much, how often did you stay in touch with someone like a, a Hartley Dykes who's headed to Oklahoma state or a Joe Deloach who's headed to the Olympics? how, you know, uh, about, about the only time I see them is uh, something uh, we had a reunion mm-hmm. uh, year before last at uh, there at Bay City mm-hmm. and uh, a state championship team and <laughs> funerals, you know, mm-hmm. weddings, that type of thing. But uh, right. I don't uh, stay directly in touch with very many of them. Mm-hmm. There's some that do. They want to live a normal life now. Yeah, you know, right. Know. Uh, Groom, Texas. I get birthday cards every Christmas, every every year. Those real small towns—they're way different, aren't they? They—they they are. They, There's only so many people you know, so you stay in touch with. <laughs> they were—they were solid. Mm. We, uh, you're three three years ago. They, I was invited up there for their homecoming. Mm-hmm. A reunion of the that that team, and uh, they on the payment way to fly up there and pay my room. They pay me rooms. They wouldn't let me pay the rooms, but I drove up there, mm-hmm. and we we, we met at uh, Larry Lamberson's ranch out in Amarillo, and uh, he had a rebuilt 1937 wheat truck. I mean, it's shiny. He's it's been in some contests, mm-hmm. and he pulled on a lot of us that went to the group, 
put a lot of lines around. We threw out candy and that type of stuff. Mm -hmm. But uh, I have that, that type of relation with those kids, just every one of them. Yeah. Well, so uh, as as your time at Bay City winds down, you know, and you make that decision, uh, again, unless you have anything else to add about that time, um, but uh, moving on to San Marcos, what brings that about? Do you, are you just looking for a change for your family or? No, uh, I was looking for my salary. Mm. I was mm -hmm. going to retire in three years, mm -hmm. and we got, got a, I was the lowest paid coach in our district. Yeah. At Bay City. Right. And uh, I got a three or four thousand dollar raise to go to St. Marcus. Mm -hmm. And uh, I really enjoyed it. I stayed two years, mm -hmm. really enjoyed it. First year, I think we've been in the playoffs, except I got my quarterback hurt, and he was really dandy. He's, and uh, again, we were the last team, uh, two or three teams in, in 4A. And uh, we were with Judson and Churchill and that group, and mm -hmm. we're a pretty small group. But uh, the second year, we just, the kids played hard, worked hard, good kids. Mm -hmm. But uh, we were just out, man, most of the time. Yeah. Yeah. And that happens, you know, there's a, there's the smallest team, you know, like that in every district, and you've got an uphill battle, yeah. you know, it's not. They, they were really good kids, really good year. Well, I don't even have to ask you what brings you to Brenham, you know. Uh, I'll, I'll ask you, you know, if you if you want to mention anything else about San Marcos real quickly. Uh, the outlet malls, maybe, or, you know, yeah, you do a lot of shopping. Have, didn't have any of that. Oh, man, man no wonder you left. <laughs> No, there was, there was not any yeah. thing like that. Uh, come to Brenham, both my boys uh, graduated A&M, mm -hmm. and we used to come through Brenham going to Cotton Station, mm -hmm. and thought it was such a beautiful town, you know, and, and uh, it is. this job came open, and I took a, I think three or four thousand dollar cut mm -hmm. to come here just to retire in Brenham. Mm -hmm. And uh, we uh, we did we had some talent when I came here, and it was the poorest job of coaching I ever did the first year I was here. Mm -hmm. I, we were in the beer, you know. We won mm -hmm. probably more than anybody in the state there for years running that offense. Right. And uh, I sold on it, but I'm not sure any of my, my coaches were were and uh, and. Uh, I was trying, we were trying to teach that and had them uh, changing from uh, I formation. Mm -hmm. And we had those players so confused mm -hmm. that they didn't, they didn't know what we were doing. And I had the talent. So I just I just didn't get them together. We had my coaches. And we had Sarge's defense. They had good personnel, but sorry defense. And uh, there's another and, thing I should have stepped in and made the change. And that's about the most important thing for the sense of kids having success is that all the adults are on the same page right. in front of them, right? Would you agree yeah. with that? Yes, and uh, the keep it simple, stupid. You mm -hmm. know, I should have made it simple and, and let them run what they've been running and changed underneath. But the uh, other three years, you know, we were in playoffs twice and uh, we had Brandell Jackson, probably one of the best two or three backs I coached here and uh, had him back the next year, and we won our district. 
or we went to the playoffs. And uh, then we we would have gone a long ways that year. We played Bay City, mm. uh, and uh, we uh, we kicked off, and they fumbled on about their ten yard line. We got the ball, but we were on sides, mm. and uh, we kicked off again. And then uh, uh, Ricky Davison's brother Mitchell. The Mitchell kid uh, ran all the way back for a touchdown. Mm. And there's a difference in ball game. But I think Brandell was sick and didn't get to play very many plays at all. The doctor just, you know, he was, uh, was there. But uh, I think that team would have gone a long ways if we'd gotten out of that ball game. Was, uh, we had quite a lot of talent when Brandell was healthy. Did you did you want to win that game any any extra amount because it was you know your former your former school that you're at or anything I mean is any any no I, you know it uh, it hurt mm-hmm. you know, on the sideline when they played the school song I turned my head mm-hmm. you know walked away a little bit but uh, had lots of good memories yeah. Here's a, a interesting little thing for you. Uh, I, I mean, I don't know. I thought it was interesting when I got to thinking back. My first ever high school football game that I went to as a kid was the Bay City Black Cats against the Brenham Cubs there in Bay City. And I was in second grade, which would have, I think, been around 1992-ish. So it, it was – and I remember it being a big game, you know, and, and being asked by this friend if I wanted to go, and I'd never been to one before, and I had no idea why it was a big game. And I started thinking about all this last night before I came over here, and I thought, holy cow, it was a big game because, you know, you had been there at Bay City, and now you're at yeah. Brenham, and, and here's two good teams that are getting ready to play each other, and right around that time you're playing each other in the playoffs, and what yeah, a we, neat deal. Yeah, we, we didn't have a quarterback that night. Mm-hmm. We played a freshman in there. And uh, we just, we didn't play well. They did. We just mm-hmm. got beat. And, but uh, I think the team improved. We played, the first year, we played five schools that were in the top 20 in the state. Mm-hmm. You know, we had uh, Bay City, was back that time, uh, A&M, Masala had that a big quarterback and, and uh, running back that played at A&M. And, and uh, Belton. Was Lamarck in y'all's? Uh, no, we played them in regional. Right. Uh, in 94. Mm-hmm. And they were better than us. We just, they lined up with us. Yeah. <laughs> we fumbled the ball. We helped them a lot. We fumbled the ball inside of 20 of them kickoffs. I did, I did a poor job of getting kids ready for those lights, I guess. Yeah. But uh, I, guess, I guess that's what happened. They just hit them and came off. There's a uh, guy I'm getting ready to interview tomorrow night, uh, Larry Taylor. He's a retired superintendent for many, many years out west uh, in the San Angelo region. And he says, a lot of the time when we visit, he says, you know, you can Monday morning quarterback it all you want, you know, but, uh, (laughs) uh, you know, you spend so much time preparing for this and preparing for that. uh, It's easy to kick yourself afterwards, but. Yeah, that's uh, Saturday morning quarterbacks, you know, they they, they know it, but. uh, you know, I wouldn't have run the play if I knew it wasn't going to work. <laughs> 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 yeah, yeah, absolutely. 
you uh, you have any uh, assistants that worked for you over the years that played a bigger role, like a, a that you maybe carried with you from one spot to another, or, or did you usually just uh, kind of absorb the staff that was there? Obviously, with Brenham, you know, you indicated yeah. they ran the eye, and so you kind of were at the yeah the uh, Lake City. They let me bring anybody I want to bring in, mm-hmm. any of the coaches. I could turn loose or I could keep them. And uh, we had guys, young coaches, Dick Walton, which later become superintendent. Mm-hmm. Dick has been my, one of my best friends ever since uh, I met him. Mm-hmm. And uh, you remember his son played quarterback at Texas, Richard mm-hmm. Walton, doctor now, doing really well. But uh, as a uh, he he moved on up. I knew I wouldn't keep him. Mm-hmm. He's one of those coaches that uh, you get ready to do something that's already done. You yeah, know, he's way ahead of you. And, and I had several like that. I had. Uh, uh, Pat Tilly was my defensive coordinator in the early '80s, and he did an excellent job. Coach Mills, any other uh, players there or coaches or folks that you'd like to mention from your time there in Bay City? Uh, Patrick Franklin was one of the top recruits in the state, and he uh, played at the University uh, of Houston. He's a very good player. I had uh, three or four really good linebackers, Chris Smith, Cliff Mullen, John Clark, and uh, uh, Hobart, Marlon Hobart, and... Uh, those were two really out, some really outstanding players. Uh, had, uh, Kevin Dunn uh, played the center. He had two brothers, three brothers, Dunn's. They brought her a GPA point average way up. <laughs> they were really bright kids. And uh, Ralph Robinson, a little defensive back. And I never forget him, uh, you know, playing in the dome. Made almost every tackle on secondary. And Dwayne Bowden uh, played for University of Houston. Was a defensive back. Big John Moat, big right tackle, about 6'5", 270. Played for uh, Tulsa. And uh, my my two boys are Ron and Todd. Uh, Todd was on the team that was 36 and 4 through his three years. And uh, he was one of the top hurdlers in the state. He hit a hurdle that... Uh, Reeves on fell or he may have won state. His time was about a second better than the time that one state track meet. And uh, Ron was just all around. He could do 42 pull-ups and just all around get athlete. And uh, Martin, Martin Garcia uh, was a right half back for us. And he was uh, one of the best blockers that, that I had in my time of coaching. And uh, Ricky Davidson, I may have mentioned him earlier, but he was a great running back. Lance Sardellick was quarterback, Chris Brown, cornerback. Kelly Oates and Scott Lark were our two guards for state championship team. And 
there weren't even two better guards in the state. And, and, and Mike Schimmick, another great player. Yeah. You know, you mentioned um, your son hitting that hurdle and everything, and that's that's one of those things about the hurdles and the sprint relay. You know, it seems like those are the most common events where things can go wrong, and it, it's yeah. real tough. You know, you got to have a little bit of guts to go with that, you know, to, to be in any of those events because of all that preparation and one little mishap. Mm. Yeah, and they didn't get those hurdles set just right back in those days. They yeah. hadn't had that uh, race very long, many years, and uh, mm -hmm. we... Uh, it sort of looked like running downhill and uphill. <laughs> but he, uh, he had run that 35, I mean, 375. Wow. I think 38 something one state. Nice. A.C. Tillerson was one of our most talented uh, quarterbacks. And uh, he uh, won a couple of ball games for us. He ran his quarterback sneak 80 yards against uh, uh, DeBrian. And he played at Miami. He was a very good player and a super guy. Coach, when we were talking uh, earlier off the record, you know, we were talking about Coach Nelson and, and Coach Jones. you want to say something on the record about those two individuals? Oh, they were very instrumental in us uh, winning and having a great program at Bay City. Uh, both of them contributed to the football program. Uh, Eddie uh, coached uh, up until basketball started, started playing games. And uh, David uh, had JV team and he coached all the way through, and uh, we just uh, really worked together well. And Coach Nelson, if he got one, had one of the players that couldn't help him anymore, he'd send him to me and say, I'm graduating this guy. <laughs> and uh, we uh, really got along well together. And he ran the press, it was a three on two, two on one. Mm -hmm. It was just like running the veer and offense, and uh, really, uh, really helped that program. But we had. Uh, players that, uh, you know, participated in football, basketball, and track, mm -hmm. and some of the baseball, or at least played baseball in LeBradford. So I really do appreciate them. And you, you said that, uh, I guess that's eight, 1983, you guys won state in football, basketball, and track, all three of those? Uh, that, during the year, mm -hmm. the gotcha. mm -hmm. Okay, that's pretty neat. We, uh, we had some really, really good talent. Girls did too. They had great talent. They won state uh, in basketball. Like it, I think they got second. Mm -hmm. I'd hate to mention one without mentioning. Yeah, and, and that's a, you don't you don't have to. I mean, if you don't want to, I just I just thought I'd ask if you had maybe you know a coordinator on one side of the oh, ball or the other that you Marshall Brown mm -hmm. got along with kids better than any coach has ever around. Yeah, and uh, he. Uh, he had track, one state track three times. We won three state championships there in two, you know, funneled through one year. We had LeBranford in basketball, Smith. And, uh, but he was, he was the best person that's ever around to have with kids. And knowing their ability, like on our off-season test, he, uh, he knew way ahead of time. Uh, which ones, you know, like track, which mm -hmm. ones had the ability. Do you have, uh, and, and you can you can continue if you wanted to say anything about anybody else, but uh, if not, I'll ask you another question. Uh, I was going to ask, you know, if you have any advice about, 
for for many people that are out there looking for their first athletic director head football coaching job or looking for the right one I mean what's your advice when when going and, and applying for one interviewing and, and taking it or not uh, I guess probably for anything else I get some uh, recommendations from places they've been mm-hmm. and uh, I don't, I don't get someone that uh, had trouble with their last AD or mm-hmm. principal or whatever. Mm-hmm. And I think personally I'm the type of person they are. And then, uh, you know, as a coach, we always had to have an agreement with the principal of a school we were bringing a coach into. And uh, so we had to make sure you could teach, it was, had the right uh, credentials uh, for his field. Did yeah. you, did you ever get close to taking a job? But then you heard something maybe about that administration where it was not going to be a good fit for you, and you said, mm. "Yeah, yeah." I, uh, the Texas City job mm-hmm. one year was open, and uh, it. My wife, uh, it's a good raise, go there but, mm-hmm. for Bay City, but uh, wife sort of vetoed that. Yeah, and. Uh, there's another one done by when I was a young coaching career that uh, main crop was cotton. <laughs> cotton gins. My wife didn't go there. <laughs> but I, I don't remember one. I was offered, you know, since we won, I was offered a few jobs. And, but uh, I don't remember any that were just really, uh, you know, bad. How, how important do you think that is when you're an AD? Uh, you know, you're looking for that head football job, and your wife says, "No, we do, we're not going there." <laughs> how important is that? To, well, depends on how much you like her. Or <laughs> no, it, uh, it. I just like going to Bay City. Mm-hmm. I didn't have any idea in plan go there. My wife just didn't want to go at all. Mm. But we took the kids out of school, you know. My son was going to be valedictorian or runner of valedictorian and mm-hmm. messed him up. But Bay uh, City job was such a good offer, I couldn't pass it up. Good right. people. We had a great board. And uh, they understood, you know, what the program was like. And they understood what it took to bring it up. You know, they supplied all the, the, the coaches and uh, all, all the equipment that we needed. And all kinds of backing. Uh, I don't. I don't know of any uh, other many places that uh, we just really had to dispute over. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So, but that that's a pretty big deal, you know. Making sure you find that fit for your family, right? Oh, yes. That's huge. Yeah. Yes, what uh, What did your family mean to your coaching career? Oh man, you know, uh, my wife took the blunt of everything. Mm-hmm. You know, she had listened to the old noise in the stands and went to all the, my son's ball games. And, mm-hmm. and uh, she was oh, like she was part of the coaching crew, you know. Right. And uh, it's hard for me to get the lawn mowed and everything you know, <laughs> back in the old days. <laughs> but uh, it's great, it's great life. Very rewarding. Yeah, the last uh, 
last three years I coached, I had a knee so bad it's been out, mm -hmm. and it hurt me so badly, and uh, that that wasn't enjoyable. It was here, Brennan, mostly, mm -hmm. and uh, after I got a coaching, I had that knee replaced, and the other one, you know, later on. Mm -hmm. Coming to coming to Brenham, you know, probably not that tough of a sell with the Bluebell factory here and the beauty around you. When I pulled up this morning, uh, that Gidding Stone Mansion over there. Yes. I turn in on that road and I think, wow, I wonder if this is his house. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, coach. <laughs> that that was that's an, an amazing building as you pull up right there. Yeah, they uh, they have all kinds of senior deals and weddings uh -huh. and. Uh, uh, marriages, uh, just everything there. Put a big tent out there. Yeah. Uh, pretty often. Yeah. And uh, they, it's 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 used. It's used. Mm -hmm. it's, you saw this beautiful building, one of twelve fireplaces or something like that. And it's uh, people can come in there and visit and see it, and take pictures and all. I mean. All those, all those fireplaces, do the, the kids in town ever try to set up extra Christmas trees to see if Santa will leave extra presents under those? <laughs> yeah, you know? I'm sure. That, That's something yeah. I would have thought of as a kid. You know, Where I have my house built here was uh, the horse barn and the cow lots, I think, because I dig up a lot of horseshoes and mm -hmm. that type of thing, part of, part of old equipment. That's about, I guess, we're probably 200 yards behind the mansion. Mm -hmm. So nearly uh, 30 years of living in Brenham now. Uh, what's your what's your favorite thing here? The uh, thing you enjoy the most about Brenham? Brenham these old hard-headed Germans yeah. <laughs> uh, have law and order. They're yeah. just wonderful people. Yeah. And a lot of people say it's hard to get to know them, but... Uh, I hadn't found that out to be true at all, mm -hmm. and uh, the uh, and golfing group I played with all the time, and they uh, is important to me, you know, mm -hmm. for past time, especially since I retired. Brenham's just a really good town to live in. We, I don't guess you've been around town, but we have three or four parks, and uh, everything a kid can. Do, can do yeah, and we have baseball fields everywhere. <laughs> yeah, and the fireman's park has been a long time, and uh, for football, uh, they they back football. Mm -hmm. It's more of a baseball town, mm -hmm. and uh, it's just it's just a place, good place to grow up. You don't have any old, very old, many houses and old cars around or junkyard looking places. They uh, take care of that. And uh, it's just a pretty clean town. Absolutely. Well, Coach, I can't say enough how much I appreciate you sitting down with me and, and discussing your career. I, I'll let you add anything that you that you would like to. And, and I, again, I just think, you know, one thing I'll say about the time in Bay City, a lot of people will assume you go to Bay City, a lot of people have won there, uh, I guess. But you were the first one, you know, really. They'd won four playoff games before you got there. You won, I believe, 17 or so while you were yeah. there. And 
the the culture that you you know really helped create in that in that place that it carries on over you know from uh you know over the course of the next couple of decades and they hit a rough patch there uh for a little while and they've bounced back a little bit now you know the town has shrunk a little bit they've dropped a classification a little bit you know it's all that readjustment stuff kind of what we were talking about with some of the other places where you were the small dog in the fight you know and 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 yeah. so on and uh but I mean, what an incredible run there at Bay City and, and, you know, some of the stuff when present day coaches look all the way back to the Canyon and Panhandle time, one team getting in the playoffs, how many you'd be in it, <laughs> you know? And so, uh, very remarkable career, nearly 200 wins, right? Yeah. We, uh, it's very fortunate. One thing I've done well, I think, is surround myself with good people. Mm-hmm. Yeah, including my wife and kids, and, and uh, it's been a, a very fortunate the schools I went to. Mm-hmm. The, uh, the school administrations have been good. Yeah. Bay City, she had the best administration in the country, mm. and uh, just all of them are good. But I just have been very happy, and. Good, good situations every place I've been. Mm-hmm. Well, again, thank you so much. Really appreciate it. Yeah, I, I don't, not much of an interviewer, but that's sort of part of my life there. Yes, sir. No, I mean it's, uh, it's one of those things where you know the the main intent of this podcast is to help people that are in the field of education, and I think you said several things that you know again enough successful people say certain things you know and and they listen to this there might be more people that start doing things that make success for kids happen you know so yeah, coach mills any notable folks you'd like to mention from your time there in san marcus uh chris smith he was a very good quarterback and uh his first year i was there and uh, we'd had a chance to go to the playoffs we weren't going to be judging nobody was here <laughs> but uh we uh, we had a chance to get in the playoffs. He broke his ankle, and uh, about halfway through the season. But that's a hard-working, good group of kids. Coach Mills, any uh, folks you'd like to mention from your time there in Brenham that maybe we didn't cover? Well, we had a linebacker named Michael Jackson. That's one of the best I coached, and uh, he's now Santa players coaching now. We had a cornerback named Ronnie Brown. Eric Cavermill was a quarterback. He threw 18 touchdown passes, and that's before we threw the ball every play, you know, like we do now. Yeah. Casey Reeves, big tackle. And uh, we had Frank Firestone, was the best center in the state. And uh, he was all conference at uh, Southern Mississippi, just an outstanding person. He played both ways for us. And uh, I tell you, in my 36 years, I think we did a poor job. I did a poor job coaching at Britain the first year I was here than, than any other year. And I just wish I had uh, could do that over again. We had a good group of kids and uh, uh, we had a chance to really do well. Mm-hmm. And we played five of the best teams in the state, five of the top 20 in the state on our schedule, but uh, I feel like we could have done a lot better. Coach Mills, with, with what you mentioned there about not feeling like you had your best coaching performance maybe that first season there in Brenham and I've had seasons like that as well sometimes you just it's not it you're not on your a game 
What was there anything going on that maybe caused that? No, we had a really good. We had a talented group of kids mm -hmm. that could compete with anybody, and uh, I tried. I learned the beer, beer and shoot mm -hmm. offense, and they'd been running the high, and uh, I changed them, and I shouldn't have. I should have run what they'd been running, what mm -hmm. they knew, not confuse them, and uh, work underneath with uh, what I wanted to do. And I think we kept them confused offensively and defensively. Uh, we didn't play up to our talent on defense for sure. Yeah. So a new coach that's coming in this upcoming fall, you know, to a, to a whole new town and the place has been running something for a long time, but, the, you know, this is the system they're familiar with. Do you, uh, what advice would you maybe have, you know, for them? Uh, make it as simple as possible. Start off and gradually add uh, your program to what they're doing. And uh, I think keeping it simple is uh, the important thing and, and getting the players in the right position. Yeah. I need to talk to the coaches uh, that were there previously and and uh, find out as much as you can about players and then uh, give them the off-season type test and uh, find out what they're capable of. If you find yourself enjoying the Taillights podcast, do me a big favor. Go on to Apple Podcasts and rate it five stars. I really appreciate it. Well, thank you again and, and uh, it's I almost consider it just unbelievable that I was able to, you know, locate you and and you yeah. know, be able to do this. It's it's going to be an incredible thing. I'm going to send a press release to the Bay City Tribune so that people there know and they can listen and you know, hear about those those, you know, good old days and Oh yeah, that. And uh I really appreciate you doing this. Yes, sir. Old has been like me. Oh. The uh most people uh, are gone, but you know, my mm -hmm. age, if we get some of the younger ones, but there won't be many of the older people remember me. A lot more never will be's out there than there are has been's, and if you're a gonna be, you better listen to the has been's, <laughs> yeah. you know. It, and uh, some of us get better every year. <laughs> <laughs> That's what you told me on the phone. You know, a lot of these stories get, get better every year. And, and I mean, I think part of that comes from, you know, as time goes on and you see more and more of the important things in life and you look back 10, 15 years ago at those big things that people would like to know more about, they're not that important. You no. can tell more and more and more. And it's it's just... Yeah. You know, it's a big reason that I mostly visit with people that are uh, retired on this because they can, yeah. they can open up more. They're not worried about, you know, what, what impact it might have on their next career move, yeah. you know, and that's a real thing in this business, as you yeah. know, I mean. We have so many things happen. We were playing ball game against Bradisport one time. And we had a kid that wanted to come out and play football his senior year. And mm -hmm. normally we didn't do that. But told him if he'd go through all the season, you know, we'd let him, let him play. And we were real careful not to hurt him. He was probably 135 pounds. And anyway, halftime we went in, it was a dull ball game. Mm -hmm. And I got always the last one to leave, you know. And we got out and got about 30 yards, a man coming on the field. And I looked back, and this little kid just sound asleep coming <laughs> on the rain here. <laughs> that principal that rode me heavy. It's such a dull ball game. My players want to sleep. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh wow! Yeah. But there's little things like that come back every now and then. Yeah, I uh, 
I worked with a coach in one spot that it was her first year and she had a rough morning I think one time and I came into basketball practice I did the like the eighth grade group or whatever she did the seventh or vice versa mm -hmm. I don't and and uh she was uh asleep under the basket under a blanket and the, yeah. the girls were shooting free throws and I thought I've never walked in and seen a you know, coach asleep in practice, but well, that was something. You know, I I just stepped over and walked on. <laughs> I had, we had one one sleep every now and then. Our school, my high school, was uh, blown away. The tornado oh. uh, going in my sophomore year, and we had to go to the junior high all the way to Skeletown, eight miles to work out there. Cubic kitchens. He coached uh, some big schools and all, but his young man, just probably 23 years old, but he'd, he'd be up there asleep in a chair, and he'd wake up after a while, and this was, you know, during practice, during mm -hmm. practice, and uh, give us instructions, and then he'd nod off. <laughs> oh, man. Mm -hmm. The, uh, this, I really do thank you for doing this. Just get old like this. We just sort of forgotten, you know, but most time. But we, uh, I've been back to all my schools except one, mm -hmm. you know, for uh, reunions of that team. Mm -hmm. And Panhandle last year went there. See those people. I didn't recognize very more than half of them. Yeah. You know, it's been 30, 40 years, mm. more than that, 50 years. They said they had that deal, groom, all that. All that. Mm. Had two boys that were athletes. And, and uh, Where did they end up playing for you, at Bay City or? Uh, they, uh, Todd, the youngest one, at Bay City all, you know, all the time. Mm -hmm. My older son, Ron, uh, played his senior year there. Mm -hmm. He was on the first team, you know, when we went there. Grandkids have done well, athletes. My uh, oldest grandson won state in tennis and played four years at Auburn. And they gave him a fourth, fifth year. And uh, and his wife was a uh, NCAA MVP equestrian. And, uh, wow. <laughs> then, uh, my son's wife, Todd's wife, was uh, one state in swimming. So we've had, had some athletes in there. My grandson uh, in, in San Antonio, Elmo Heiss, uh, was the most, most valuable player in his district. And uh, he, they got beat by Lake Travis his mm -hmm. senior year. And they played a really good ball game. How long ago was that? Uh, let's see, he's been out. Oh, he's out of college two years. That's probably seven years ago, six mm -hmm. or seven. A lot of people can say they lost to Lake Travis back in, <laughs> and I mean, even still, you know, it's a great program and everything, yeah. but I mean, a lot of people at that time were just getting mowed down. Yeah. Coach Sutton, is that his name? Uh, one, one state at Bay City after I left. Uh, uh, Chad Morris? Uh, yeah, Chad yes, Morris. Uh, he was coaching. Yeah. Uh, when when uh, Kellen played him. 
Mm-hmm. It's close volume right to the last. Well, there it is, folks. We had to cut it off there towards the end and, and go get some of those ribs. And I want to thank you again for listening. I look forward to coming back to Brenham, to Coach Mills' house, and, and visiting with him and his wife some more, going to the Bluebell factory, and talking a little bit more in-depth about you know, the various places that he was at and experiences that, uh, that he went through. So great time, great man. Uh, thanks again for listening. And I hope that you'll share it and, and help others benefit as well. Have a great day.